Welcome into the Shop Management Show presented by AutoLeap. I'm your host, Will. This podcast will explore the experiences, challenges, and lessons learned of auto repair shop owners. We'll cover every topic imaginable from EVs to ADOS, right to repair, the technician shortage, and so much more. AutoLeap is a cloud-based shop management software that allows shop owners to better run their business, increase efficiency, and grow revenue. You can find a link to schedule a free demo with AutoLeap in the show notes of this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. I'm thrilled to be joined once again by Alan Beach, president of Beach Consulting. Alan and I will discuss an important topic that's relevant to every shop owner projecting the future of auto repair. Alan, how are you? Thank you. I appreciate it, William. Awesome. Yeah, and really appreciate you joining the program once more. Thank you for taking the time. Let's start our conversation with a focus on the current state of auto repair before we look ahead. So what are some of the key trends you see currently shaping the auto repair industry? Let's start by saying that um, it's never been better, never been a better time to be in the auto repair industry than it is right now. Um, the ind industry is incredibly strong. Um, I have clients that are making more money today than they have made for years. And I think the, the real driving factor of what's happening is a slowdown in new car sales in North America. The new car sales have, have slowed. Um, we've had, we've basically had about five to seven years where it's been continuously getting lower and lower and lower. You know, we have the odd little burp up, but it has been decreasing. And what, what that causes the customer to do is to keep their vehicle and repair their existing vehicle and see the value and how much money they can save by repairing the vehicle rather than replacing a vehicle. The longevity of these vehicles now is also astonishing. So that is a huge benefit to obviously general repair shops who will be able to work with that customer through the lifespan of their vehicle. Yeah, and when you, when you look at customers today, and you look at the debt level that the average customer is carrying, you know, consumer debt is higher than it's been in an awful long time. And what's well, higher than it's ever been. And with that level of debt, I always say to customers, it's cheaper to repair a car than replace a car, but it's also cheaper to maintain a car rather than repair a car. So if we can get that message across to our customers, they become incredibly loyal to us because we can save a lot of money for our customers by them maintaining their vehicle and keeping their repair costs down. And therefore the cost of transportation comes way down. How do you think shop owners can kind of transparently communicate the benefits of this maintenance to their customers? It, obviously, as you just outlined, it's a very much a win-win for the shop and the customer. How would you recommend they go about that process of making maintenance a core message that they push to customers alongside with repairs? Yeah. Exactly. And I, and I think you put it well when you said a win-win, because having both sides win out of this is the best way. A win-loss doesn't work for either side. So if we can take a repair and let's say, let's say it's a brake job that the customer is doing, they're having to do front pads and rotors, maybe calipers on their vehicle, and they end up spending $1,500, $1,800. And if we say, okay, you spent $1,800 today on this, on this job. Now, how could we have saved money on that? Well, we recommend that the, the brakes get taken apart every year and a half and lubricated and clean. You know, we think that you can get an extra 50% of the life out of it. And that's such a tremendous savings. If we do the brake fluid, if we fresh flush the brake fluid, 
then we can save the hydraulics so that they don't have to be done. And just talk about that. And then it comes back to when the customer returns the next time is that we remember our discussion and we follow up on those discussions and we have continuity in our discussions that we make notes about what we talk to the customer about and remind the customer that we can save the money. You know, uh, we, we seldom forget to do oil changes and we know the value of doing oil changes. If we don't, if we, we go too long and not do an oil change, we're going to replace an engine on a, on a vehicle. And we both know that that's not satisfactory. However, do we follow that same logic with the transmission? Because a transmission can be end of life for a vehicle. If a customer has to spend $5,000 on a transmission, that's oftentimes end of life on the vehicle. Or if we don't do the coolant on a, on a vehicle, then we end up having a head gasket and that's a, a $4,000 replacement and that's end of life. And we don't want to have those end of life occurrences on a vehicle that we're maintaining. Really love how you broke that down. And I think it's also speaks to establishing a layer of transparency with your customers when you're communicating regarding their maintenance needs. I also think it's like, you know, we talked about the win-win a little bit. I think you're turning it from more of a transaction with a business into kind of a, you know, lifelong partnership with the customer and kind of creating that dynamic. Exactly. I, I teach um, uh, advisor training regularly. And one of the things I do... Uh, Day one, when we get going, is we establish what is your moral responsibility as an advisor to your customer. And, and we talk about that. And the way we start talking about it is we envision that you have grandparents that live across the country. And that grandparent, they live in a remote area, so they're coming into the major city to have their vehicle maintained. What would be the story that you would tell that repair shop for your grandparents? Would you tell them to get the car in and out as quickly as possible and keep your eyes shut? No, you wouldn't. Because you know that if that grandparent broke down on the way home in a remote area, chances are it could have life-altering consequences to your grandparents. And we don't want that. So therefore, let's treat our clients and inspect their vehicle properly and properly communicate the results of it. Um, one of the things I do early on in training is I say, I ask, somebody to, uh, um, I ask somebody to volunteer their arm for me. And so they stick out their arm and I give it a bit of a twist and I, I push against the back of the elbow. And I said, I don't ever want to do this. That's not what we're doing. We're not holding anybody for ransom, but we are being truthful. Imagine if your family doctor didn't tell you about a problem, how would you feel about it? Looking ahead, how have some of the latest technological advancements in the industry impacted auto repair shops? And what do you anticipate are some of those, you know, most significant industry challenges that shop owners will face both this year and beyond? Yeah, good, good question. I don't think we're seeing the change quite yet. Um, and there's a lot of shop owners that are putting their head in the sand and saying those changes aren't going to happen. Um, I see the progressive shop owners starting to get educated. They're, they're starting to take the electric vehicle training and so that they're ready for it. And they're getting the front counter ready to be able to talk to their customers. Um, last, I think two weeks ago, um, the chairman of BMW uh, Worldwide had a very interesting statement. And this is 
remember BMW is a company that has resisted the electrical vehicle change. And he said, we're beyond the tipping point, that, that, that the, the tipping point of EV is past. It's not no longer a discussion, will it happen? It's when it's gonna happen. Um, and so I think we've got to start to get ready. We've got to start to understand what we're what we're doing. So I'm a consultant that helps aftermarket repair shops. Okay, I've got to get ready. So what did I do? Uh, well, six months ago I went and bought a Tesla. Okay, so that I can understand, I can understand what the repairs are. I can understand the cost. I can understand how to talk about it. So. How many repair shops listening to this have made a conscious decision to go buy an electric vehicle? And I recommend that you don't buy a new one, okay? I buy a new one because I'm not a technician, I'm a business coach. Um, but how many of you have done this? So I would recommend that you buy a Nissan Leaf, you know? If, if you can get one that hasn't rusted out, get it? Why not buy a BMW i3? You know, that, that that older vehicle that you have to repair. And then you learn what you have to learn about it. Go buy a Prius. Go buy those cars. Have those as courtesy cars out on your shop. How many of you have a charger that's that's on the wall? How many of you have a, a spot designated for electric vehicles? And so that you, you convey the message that you're ready for this technology. I thought it very interesting. One of my clients, um, I was I was at their shop one day and I was just, we were training at the front counter and I was I was listening to the verbiage that this advisor, very, very sharp advisor, uh, his name's Kevin. So when he's listening, he'll know I'm talking about him. And Kevin had a customer come in for a Tesla with a flat repair. And the customer came in and um, and had the flat repair done put it back on the car and, and sent it on its way. But before the customer left, uh, Kevin asked the customer, where do you get your Tesla serviced? And and the, it was a very interesting discussion. He said, serviced? What do I have to do for service? So Kevin had a list of things that need to be done on those vehicles. And he knew what that list was. Of the, the regular maintenance things, brakes need to be serviced on a regular interval. And... Um, you know, tires need to be rotated. The other things that need to be done on this vehicle. And he knew what that list was. And he says, you know, I have a PDF guide that we at this shop, XYZ shop, we produce for our customers to help you to understand because they're not getting that message from Tesla. Tesla is not talking to customers about what needs to be serviced. So therefore he had the maintenance guide. They knew at the counter and he was able to give it. And you know, they can start building a clientele. If customers see the electric vehicle at that shop, they'll say, oh, they service that vehicle and they're prepared then to bring their own vehicle. It goes back to that theme of earning customer trust and especially with, you know, preparation for EVs. If you're able to provide those kind of educational resources that show you, you do understand the ins and outs of their vehicle and can kind of clear up any confusion in that way, you're going to start to earn their trust and that could open up, you know, a whole new potential revenue stream for your auto repair shop. Yes, exactly. You know, the, the other thing that I, um, I get into regularly is in teaching advisors, is we we teach tires and and we always think oh you know what i don't need to learn tires i i've been doing this for 30 years and therefore i understand it 
But the tire of an electric vehicle is a very different tire. And one of the things, one of the simple, simple things we do is we teach the performance in the, the performance rating of the tire and the load index. And you know, that's the 91V or on a Tesla, 104V, okay? Which is a, a very different number. And you, do you understand the difference between a 91V and a 104V tire? Well, the, the difference is in the load index. And, and we teach advisors to be able to ready and so they can immediately understand the correct tire for the vehicle. And so when they're looking it up, they know the correct tire. Do they understand the differences that an electric vehicle tire will have? How does it look differently than a, than a standard tire? How do we keep the noise down? Because obviously without a, an internal combustion engine, the tire needs to be extremely quiet. Do you understand what the issues are going to be for that type of tire? So, You mentioned before the hands-on experience that your shop can kind of get by maybe investing in a used Tesla or some type of EV and learning the ins and outs, working on it from there. With that hands-on experience, how can you know techs and shop owners who are obviously overseeing them work to develop those specialized skills and maybe learn more about the specialized EV equipment that they'll need to turn this from kind of a project that you're working on on the side into an actual core piece of of your business? Good question. So I, I, I'm going to give you a, a multifaceted answer to that. Um, so the the first part starts with just an awareness of the vehicle and that that comes with buying a vehicle and just, just having it, starting to drive it, starting to understand it, starting to decal it up so that it, it, it advertises your business. Um, the next part is, is um, get in contact with your trade organization with uh, your local community college, um, with um, suppliers, and make sure you're taking an EV safety course so that you're understanding the basics of safety around an electric vehicle. That's the starting point. Um, the next thing I would say is, do you have support? And um, this is something that's becoming more and more a priority in shops and I see a ton of variations in this. Um, do you have a safety net in your shop if you get involved in repairs where you don't know the answer, where you're stumped? And I strongly um, recommend that you, you have a safety net and that you buy the safety net. I have one shop, actually it's Kevin's shop, that um, are part of a, a technical group with um, a technician who is actually an engineer and they aggregate all their equipment together. And so they have all the right equipment and then they have this engineer who then is the, the head tech for the whole group of shops for the whole area. And they pay a monthly subscription to be able to pay that. And they have ADAS, they have um, all the factory scan tools, but then have the head technician who is an engineer has connections into the car companies so that there's nothing they will get stumped on. They do training together and this, this head technician uh, organizes the training. Granted, it's very expensive and a lot of shops can't afford that. But do you pay you know, a monthly subscription to be part of technical support and prioritize technical support so that if your technician is one hour into a job and he, and he stumped, 
and he doesn't have a roadmap for how he's going to get out of it, you pick up the phone and you call. And even if you think you know the answer, pick up the phone and call in and, and start to work through. Because any learning that you're done through your technical support center will help you the next time through. And it'll help refine your, your quality. Rather than trudging it through, we always used to call it um, um, a technician who had been you know, a couple of hours into a job, we used to call it a diagnostic safari. And we used to have a safari jacket that we went and put on him, you know, that we shouldn't be doing that. At one hour, when we're into a job, we should be stopping, registering uh, uh, with the technical support center and getting support. I think that's a very important point to make, making sure that you have those side resources available to you to make clarifications and ensure that, you know, you're following proper protocol with all of this, I think is super important. And I think gives you probably even more confidence and empowers your shop to do a really good job as you're kind of learning about EVs and new technology with this hands-on experience. Yeah, it's, it's too late if you're in the middle of the problem and you haven't set up the support network. Um, do it now, okay? And what it does, when when your front counter has confidence in your technicians, it changes the game. The, the, the confidence that comes through from the advisor will help you to sell a lot bigger job. You know, when they say, look, there's nothing we can't fix. And, and we're, by the way, we're the friendliest and we're reasonably priced in what we do. I didn't say cheap. I didn't say that at all. In fact, I, I recommend that you're one of the most expensive shops, but you're you're technically competent. And that that confidence comes through from your advisors. We'll be back next week with part two of our conversation with Alan on projecting the future of auto repair.